Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of First and 16, the League Pod. I am your injured host, Chris Ferreira, and uh, we have an awesome episode in store for you this week. A little shorter one, but a very important one. This is our week 12 recap, our week 13 look ahead. We only have two more weeks of regular season fantasy football play, so we are in the thick of it. It's a do or die time for a lot of teams. We got teams still trying to clinch playoff spots. And uh, I'm very excited, so excited that I had hand surgery today and I still wanted to jump on the microphones with you. And I'm not doing this alone. I was coaxed into this by a awesome gentleman who is also doing uh, some great fatherly work right now at his daughter's softball practice. But I'm joined by Marcus Pilaras tonight and we are going to talk a little bit about quarter of the season awards, talk about some players that we're really annoyed with and maybe we'll never draft again and give out some awards Without further ado, Marcus, how are you doing tonight? I'm back. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm doing great. I'm happy to be on here again. I appreciate you toughing it out post-surgery straight onto a podcast. This man never rests. Mm -hmm. So kudos to you, Chris. Uh, I know a lot of people look forward to the podcast, including myself, every week. So the fact that you're able to still knock this out while drugged up and you have an open wound in your hand right now, we salute you. I'm, I'm glad that you text me because I was literally like, you know what? I have an excuse. I don't have to do this tonight. I can literally like, no one will be mad at me because I was just on an operating table, but I'm like, no, what am I just going to be a dead fish for the next like couple of days? Let's just, let's, let's do what we got to do and talk about football. We got to rise to the opportunity. Exactly. <laughs> this is my, um, this is my, uh, what's it called? My, uh, what's the famous injury game? Oh, the Michael Jordan flu game. This, flu is, my game. Jo- this is my Jordan flu game podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so we are both coming off of big wins this last week. You, uh, you defeated, who did you defeat? Mina, right? You, Mina. you were, you were one of the previews last week of the games of the week. And you guys had a massive matchup. Your team was able to pull it out. Mine was, uh, against Cameron. Awesome. I was barely able to hold that out. Um, before I mention that, though, how was your Thanksgiving? Because we're recording after Thanksgiving. It's been a little minute and everything. Oh, that's right. Was it? Yeah. So Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, Thanksgiving we did the we did the Megapod the day before, like the day. It's been almost like a week, I think. But right after Thanksgiving. Yeah. Um, Thanksgiving was a lot of fun. Uh, we had uh, my wife's family come over, uh, played some football at Norda Vista, got kicked out. Security po- uh, showed up and <laughs> got in trouble. <laughs> I'll have to deal with that at work and next week. Um, <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it was cool. Uh, we played Monopoly. Everybody uh, ganged up on me because I'm usually really good at Monopoly and nobody wanted to trade or do any deals with me because they're like, don't trade, don't deal with him. He's going to ruin everything for you. Well, I felt like such a villain. I'm like, I'm just over here trying to make good bets <laughs> and everybody have fun. Uh-huh. And I was the old man and fell asleep at the table. So. <laughs> <laughs> The old banker in Monopoly who couldn't hang. Uh-huh. Just snoring. That's awesome. Mine was amazing. I went up to Big Bear um, <laughs> and I obviously am hurt, so I can't really go do anything. And my brother was pissed because there wasn't really any snow yet. It hasn't snowed up there. So he was wanting to snowboard. They couldn't do that. They're starting to pump out the artificial snow. And I guess next weekend, they're hoping to have their like opening day for snowboarding. So my brother's like going again. But uh. I literally for like four days straight sat my happy ass on a couch watching football every day. And (laughs) my family, it was paradise from literally like the Thanksgiving football games to Friday. You had some college football with Cincinnati playing Saturday. You had all the big college football games and then Sunday and I monopolized the TV. I think we maybe watched like one movie together as a family, but basically I I took the TV. We had a separate TV in the cabin too that was in another room, but our internet went out on Friday and that was a Roku stick TV. So we couldn't use anything than the one TV. And I just like, everyone just like accepted because I was hurt. They were like, whatever, Chris can watch whatever. And I I just, I just literally made everyone watch football all weekend. It was amazing. That's the best. Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) <laughs> Speaking of some football, I don't see the notes or anything, but uh, that Bama Auburn game, I wanted to touch on really quick. Yes, let's talk about it because I wrote these oh. notes really fast and I didn't get to talk about any of the college football. There's so many good college football games, particularly that, that game. Ridiculous. Did you watch? Did you watch that the, the game? 
yeah, so I was watching the ending of it, and I watched Auburn get the ball back. We had some friends over. We were watching it, watched Auburn get the ball back, and then he had to leave, and I ran out really quick to let him know, like, oh, Auburn's going to win. They got the first down, and, you know, Alabama doesn't have enough time. And I'm just like, we change the channel. We get ready to leave. And then all of a sudden, look at my phone, like, what the what happened <laughs> at the end there? I have – no real ties to either of those schools. I haven't watched a lot of either of those schools games this year. Obviously everyone knows the pedigree of Alabama. I have not been, I was sick to my stomach at the end of that game. I was so mad. And my uncle was like, why do you care? You don't like these schools. And I'm like, <laughs> Auburn had that game. Their, their lead, their defense played amazing. Their quarterback couldn't even walk. So it was basically like they had zero offense and they were shutting Alabama out. And I got so mad when the game went to overtime because Auburn uh, got it second. Alabama scored. Auburn, when Alabama scored in overtime, I was like, it's over because Auburn can't do anything with the ball anymore. Right. And then for some crazy way, reason, they get a, an insane one-handed catch in overtime to score a touchdown. And I'm screaming at the TV going like, you're the underdog. You're at home. Go for fucking two right now. There's no point to go to another overtime. You can't compete with this team. Right. One, one play. If you would have told me, like, you get one shot, one play, and you can beat Nick Saban in Alabama, and you don't even have yep. to play the game. I'm like, going for two for sure. I'm going for fucking two. And they kick the extra point and go to the second overtime. And in the second Especially overtime. Especially at home and with a broken quarterback. I was so mad. And I'm like, okay, you got – you you did it. But then the second overtime, they pull the – did you see the, the, the score that they did where it was like a boot out right, throw back to the tight end? So, so I didn't see anything. I literally turned off everything after I saw. I was like, "Oh, okay. There's no way Bama's gonna win," and I turned off. I legit turned off everything. I was so mad because they pulled this crazy play, which was amazing. It was, it was line up basically everyone to the right. It was like the Statue of Liberty, except they threw it. Line up everyone to the right. Quarterback boots to the right, and then he like throws it backwards to like the swing tackle, but it was basically a tight end, and he makes one blocker miss and he scores. And I'm like. Why didn't you run that for the two-point conversion? You could have won and walked <laughs> off on that. That thing was so dope. And then the the, the fans would have stormed the field. You would have beaten Alabama. I was so right. mad. I was so mad. That was set up to be perfect. Also, I hate that I, I, I had forgotten they changed the college overtime rules. Did you know that they, once you get to the third overtime, you no longer are playing football anymore. It's the balls at the two, it's the, it's two-point conversions. So, oh, I didn't know that. I, I'm like, they're trying to like shorten the game. So it's like you get the third overtime and then the ball gets put at the two yard line. And basically it's each team takes shots running two point plays. And it, that's it. You don't even get a drive. Like you literally get one play. You don't get it. If the next team gets it, they win. So then Auburn should have just took a two point conversion anyways. Yes. And I'm like, I didn't even know that rule until I saw it. And I'm like, well, now I'm even more mad. You knew you were going to have to do a two point conversion <laughs> at some point. Why right? not just do it then? I was so mad. And then, of course, it's like, well, you're not going to beat Bama in these situations. Like, they're just better. Like, you, <laughs> you're you not going to beat them yeah. when you have to stop them for one play, and they're just, like, so good. So I was just furious. I had sick to my stomach after that, and I didn't even care that USC lost after that because I was so mad. <laughs> I, think you, I think you put it perfectly, though, that uh, if you have one play to beat Alabama, you know, here's a play where I have one chance. Mm -hmm. You're taking that two-point conversion. Every time. Speaking of USC. Yeah, I heard you say uh, uh, USC there. You guys lost, but you kind of might have won also uh, signing Lincoln Riley and then getting the number two prospect in the nation signed already. Dude, I, yeah, I woke up Sunday morning and I was all like stressed about the 49er game. And then that news broke. And I like, I, <laughs> I, for a moment, I was like, I don't care what the 49ers do today. We got fucking Lincoln <laughs> Riley. And I was running around telling my brother and I'm like, my brother didn't understand at first because he like he knew Oklahoma's good, but he didn't know who Lincoln Riley was. And I just yeah. sprint out. I'm like, we're fucking back. We're back. <laughs> and he's like, what do you mean? I was like, he's like, we just lost to BYU. And I was like, we just signed Lincoln Riley. <laughs> I was like, this dude's this dude's uh, coach, Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield, Jalen Hurts, all these guys to Heisman's uh, to at least the Heisman ceremony and to the national playoff. Like, right. I'm so excited because the one main thing that USC has failed at doing under Clay Helton is like keep the California quarterbacks 
in California because they right. all fucking go to Alabama or Clemson or somewhere. Now with him there, they're all as we just as you just said, like we already have a kid. That's so dope of him to be like, I'm gonna come in, sign my contract, and I'm not just gonna go like hang out in LA with celebrities. I'm immediately going to immediately high school, recruiting. going to a high school kid's house and getting him to commit. That's so that uh, like, I, I love that. I love USC being good is good for college football. Yes, like for the, you, for the entire like west of the Colorado, uh, really? the Rocky Mountains. Yeah. Because I mean, no one really—I mean, no one really wants to see Utah, Oregon championship, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. No. But I mean, Oregon, Oregon's our West Coast guys, I guess. You know, they've been holding it down, I guess. And then the USC, when Texas is good, college is, college football is fun. So good for you guys. I'm happy. I'm pumped. Like you said, like college football, at least for the past like five years, has been just the Southeast, just basically the SEC and the ACC, like. And then you sprinkle in Ohio State and like, that's it. Like, and so how, how are you supposed to have like a national sport where, you know, one conference is winning everything yeah, and just one area of the country is winning. So you're yeah. alienated, like the Northeast, the Midwest, the West coast, like no, no one cares. Cause they know they don't have a shot when, when there's like the blue bloods of college football, when USC, you mentioned when Texas, when Michigan, like Michigan is right now, yeah. when Miami um, when all these schools are good, it's just better for the sport because now you have like the the whole nation invested. Like even if you're not a USC fan, like if USC is good or at least the West Coast is good, like and we're facing an Alabama, like you will. It's gonna be East versus West. It's gonna you're gonna right. be rooting for everyone's that. gonna get invested. Exactly. And remember when we were in high school and, and stuff like before the Rams or Chargers were in LA, like. USC was the professional football team in California. That was the thing to do. (laughs) Yeah, it was so hyped. And Pete Carroll, I guess, called the athletic director too and was like slam dunk hire and everything. Um, So you already know it's a good thing because everyone's been criticizing all of the decisions they've been doing. I honestly was like, "Uh uh-oh, Pete Carroll about to get fired. Maybe you should come back to USC. (laughs) (laughs) He just comes in as a coordinator and it's him and Lincoln Riley. Oh, my God. Just have Pete come and recruit, dude. That guy is just like, I mean, mm-hmm. he can't he can't do that fully in the NFL, but he was so good at recruiting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was fired up, and I have not cared since about college football this entire year since week two when USC got fucking embarrassed by Stanford, and I was losing my mind. I've completely like shunned the sport, but la- this last weekend I got really invested because of Michigan's upset and Cincinnati possibly being get in. Like now I'm excited again yeah. for, the, for the sport. Cause there's, a, I'm so happy. I texted my friend, Mike, this, I'm like, possibly no Florida, no Ohio state, no Alabama, no Clemson this year. Like it's so nice to get it was possible, them yeah. out of there and get <laughs> new people in. I don't know had Auburn won, they'd be out. Fuck, and that's why I was so mad too. I mean, I love Nick Saban because he's such. It's like with Nick Saban, it's like Belichick in the NFL. It's like, yeah, you can hate him, but you also are like, all right, you're just so good. Like, yeah, I, I respect you, but I want you to lose because I'm tired of seeing you there. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, yeah, I'm excited. Uh, this weekend, there's a, all the the uh, championship games, so I'll be watching those. I need Georgia to beat Alabama. Because then I think Alabama's done because they've never put a two loss game in. Do you think they're out if, if Bama loses or if it's a close game to keep Bama in? I swear to God, they're going to, if it's a three point game, they're going to put Alabama in. And I'm going to be so That's mad. What and what would suck is like if they put Alabama in, do they get the four seed and they play Georgia right away? Yeah. I and because, so, yeah, they would have to drop, especially if, if Michigan wins, they stay at two, they play Iowa. That's a big game. If Cincinnati, plays houston who's a top 20 team they're the ones that they will fuck because they're not a big uh-huh. school and they're at four right now and then number three is alabama but right there waiting for them is notre dame who just lost its coach they're gonna fuck notre dame now because brian kelly left they're gonna be like sorry guys like you don't play this weekend you're not in a conference your coach left oh that's right so they're gonna fuck notre dame and the only other team that i feel like has a shot is is oklahoma state they're they just beat Oklahoma and they play Baylor who's in the top 10 uh, on Saturday. If they beat Baylor, they will jump into the top three and it now becomes, do you put a 
two loss Alabama in over an undefeated Cincinnati. And I, yeah. I, I feel like they will do it because they're just like, oh, well, Alabama had a better schedule. Right. I would just hate for them. Like, and you know, they're going to put Cincinnati against Georgia. Yeah. Well, they, they played last, uh, last year or the year before COVID in the, uh, um, was it the Fiat peach bowl or something like that? Uh, and it was a three point game. It was a really close game, but like That's Georgia, right. Georgia had a bunch of people opt out for the NFL, but then so did Cincinnati. Like Cincinnati has been good for like three straight years. I think they've lost maybe yeah. like one game in like the last couple of years. So that's what I want to see. I want to see, I tweeted about it. I was like, give me Georgia, Cincinnati, and give me Michigan, Oklahoma State. Fuck Alabama. Give me these new teams. <laughs> I want that. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and okay, so if Georgia, if Georgia blows out Cincinnati, well, guess what? I've seen, I've seen um, Alabama and Clemson blow out Oklahoma, blow out like all these other schools in the playoff before too. Right. Yeah. Let them have their shot. I think so too. It'd be it'd be fun to see Cincinnati in there. I mean, because well, who is the um, Central Florida that went undefeated? Yeah, the U- UCF back in like 2015, the ones that they like made t-shirts and ban- t-shirts and banners calling the themselves Champions. national champs. <laughs> they are because <laughs> they they got they got shafted. I mean, how many times too when we were younger, um, and it was when it was only two teams in the national title, Boise State always got screwed right and they were always so good they're always undefeated mm-hmm. so. that's why that's why i think too if bama loses and they have all these like random teams make it it's just gonna make the college football playoff be like yeah we're gonna do the uh the expanded playoffs because they're like on the verge of like confirming it they've already said they want to but they haven't confirmed it but i think if if bama gets their shit kicked in by georgia I think like within the next year or two, we're going to see an eight or 12 team playoff, which will be so dope. That'd be awesome. I mean, high school kids have to play four extra games. You exactly. Know? Oh, and don't tell me you don't have enough money. You just fucking paid Lincoln Riley $10 million and bought him a brand new house. <laughs> oh, God. <Man>. Jesus. <laughs> oh man. There's right. so Sorry. I went off on a tangent there with you with college football. No, that's a good tangent. I love talking college football. Let's okay. talk. Oh, before we talk about the awards, I want to let's let's touch on our, our two NFL teams real quick because I didn't write a lot of highlights in the lights, but both our teams won this weekend. Yours last night in a dramatic fashion. How are you feeling about WFT right now and your guys' shot? Oh, dude, I'm like I said, I'm loving winning. We're we're going in, we're going to Vegas to go play the Raiders, which I think is a winnable game for us. Mm-hmm. But then we go through the NFC East, we go, I looked at it, it goes Eagles, Dallas, Eagles, Dallas, Giants. Oof. So literally nothing's decided in the NFC East yet. But I mean, we're playing well. Jonathan Allen's just being the freaking beast that we unlocked this like final form touch stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, we're playing together. Antonio Gibson's showing up. He's getting all kinds. Of, I got over 30 touches this week. McKissick. Uh, yeah. And then McKissick scoring everything too also. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's fun. I'm like, I'm like, okay, I get it. Like last night was great because I didn't have to be too terribly worried about losing on a Monday night for my fantasy team. Although all of a sudden Gerald Everett get like nine targets. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing, Russ? (laughs) (laughs) And, but it was just nice to sit there and I'm like, and watch my football team in a game that meant something, you know, and I had no other commitments just chilling on a Monday night watching it. So very enjoyable night for me last night. Have you allowed yourself to start to like possibly allow yourself to get hurt if they don't keep this up? Has your brain oh, no. started to think like we we can catch Dallas? We can catch them. Oh nope. I'm I'm still expecting us to be hurt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm over here like excited, like, yeah, that'd be cool, but nope, my heart can't take that. So see, if- and see me, I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum. When the 49ers beat the Vikings this week, I was like, we're fucking going back to the Super Bowl. <laughs> I, was like, I was losing my mind in the cabin. I was like, no one wants to fucking play us right now. If Debo's healthy and he's okay, like give me anyone in the NFL. I'm just like, I'm a delusional fan again because we look amazing. <laughs> That's the best. I love it. I wish I was on that kind of high. Oh, and I know everyone hates it, but I'm like, I don't care. I don't care. We just, I just, I get so excited. I know everyone in the NFL loves throwing the ball, but God damn it. I love 
teams that run the ball and the, how the 49ers are so creative with their running packages. That's why new England is doing so good. Like we talked about last week, like their commitment to just running the ball. Um, who else? There's several other teams that are just like, we're going to run the rock. And I love that old school style of football. Well, and even coming into these next weeks really quick, let me pull up something. Mm-hmm. I forget who you guys are. You're, um, we play the, the we play the, yeah, we play the Seahawks this week. So thank God you guys were able to beat them. Yeah, you guys, you guys play like for you guys go Seattle, Cincinnati, Atlanta, Tennessee, Houston, then Rams to finish up the season. But I'm just like, that's your guys' kind of game right there to be running on people, you know, because you can run on Seattle, run on Cincy, run on Atlanta, maybe not so much Tennessee, but Houston. Mm-hmm. So you guys are looking pretty damn spiffy over there. Dude, uh, in California, we got six wins now, and I know I'm not supposed to look past the calendar, but that's Kyle Shanahan's job to not look past the calendar. I, <laughs> You're allowed to. <laughs> I'm allowed to. Like I see the Seahawks, and they give us. They're tough. They they. I don't even care that they're three and eight. Like, and you just witnessed it. You guys gave the ball back to Russ with a shot to win the game. You were terrified, even if they're a bad team. Yeah. Oh hell yeah, dude! <laughs> <laughs> I was so pissed at the freaking at the the drop touch the. I think it was a catch. Oh, the Logan Thomas play? That was, 100%, like that was 100% Logan touchdown. Thomas. Yeah, because it was like, okay, it hits the ground, but it didn't move because it hit, like, the ground. Like, his hand, everything, every part of his hand and every part of his shoulder stayed on the same part of the ball. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So there's no loss of control. I didn't understand that. And even the, um, the announcers were uh, going crazy about it, too. Yeah, I, I totally, I was like, that's a touchdown. I could not believe they overturned it. Um, but thank God, was it Kyle Fuller that jumped in front of the pass on the two point conversion? Yep. Thank God. I did not want that game. Dude, I was sweating too. Cause I was like, if this game goes to overtime, I swear to God, Tyler Lockett is going to catch <laughs> a deep ball and I'm going to throw my phone. <laughs> they, left, they left him going wide open three or four times. Also, oh, God, I was so stressed. Sorry. I know. Sorry, <laughs> so Cam. <laughs> Lamb. So we're uh, who does Washington play this week for you guys? Uh, we play the Raiders. Oh, that's a big one because they just got a big win over Dallas. Yeah, it should be fun. I know uh, Cameron Anderson's going to. He was talking to me about it last week, but the uh, the rest of my family's all Raiders fans. Mm-hmm. So on both, so my mom's side and my dad's side, everybody else is Raiders fans. So so it should be uh should be pretty interesting, pretty fun. I had a I had a cousin who was a Washington fan back in the day and converted to Raiders. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, we're supposed to stick together, man. We're supposed to stick together. <laughs> nice. That's a big win for both you guys because you guys are both hovering right there around 500, and this is a, a big win, a big game. Um, cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm stoked. Uh, I could literally just do a 49ers podcast about how excited I am right now, but I'm trying to, <laughs> trying to contain that right now. Let's give out some of these. So me, me, and Marcus again. This is week 12, so we're three quarters of the way through the season. We uh, have obviously five weeks left that we'll finish, but we're basically to the stretch run right now. So we put together a 75% season team. And we also kind of put together a do not draft next year team of players that have annoyed us all years that we might not want to draft at all next year, regardless of their ADP. Um, I will do, uh, you want to alternate position groups through the 75% team? Uh, Yeah. So I'll start with quarterback. You'll do running backs. I'll do receivers and we'll just bounce back and forth. So obviously the quarterback is a uh, Josh Allen right now, 75% of the season is the number one quarterback right now. He just bested Jalen hurts and passed him after Jalen hurts had his horrible game against the giants this week. After we were just singing his praises last week, he goes and shits <laughs> the bed, but Josh Allen also on Thursday driving me nuts against the uh, saints, but he ended up having a big game. He leads the position 259.14 points for my team. Proud to uh, have Josh on my squad. All righty. And then uh, now moving over to the running backs, uh, JT, Jonathan Taylor, no surprise there with 248 points uh, leading the way at RB, the RB1. And that's on uh, Anthony's team. And then the RB2 is Austin Eckler, who Brandon acquired in trade from Shane at a whopping uh, 191.7 points. And uh, there's a few other running backs right there, too. I was looking it up earlier, and there's like three or four running backs for RB2 within 10 points. Mm-hmm. So kind of, kind of cool that Jonathan Taylor's been able to separate himself uh, from the pack. Definitely, definitely. He's been a, an absolute monster. 
the wide receivers on the 75% team we have, he has been in basically the front of this position group all season long. It's Cooper cup for Dan, 185.2 points coming in. Second is Debo Samuel, who has basically been transitioned the last two weeks to a running back uh, for Brandon with 176.9 points. Um, Tyreek Hill comes in third in this position group for Anthony, 148.6 points. What's crazy is Debo, I believe in the last two weeks has only, he has less than 20 yards receiving, but he has still put up over double digit uh, fantasy points because he has scored I think three rushing touchdowns in the last two weeks from wide so receiver. We make, so we, we make him a, a roster him as a running back now, right? Exactly. He should. He should get that flexibility. How do you get four running backs? You know, it's same, thing <laughs> with, same thing with Taysom Hill going from tight end to quarterback last year. And the 49ers are basically running the triple option, dude. We don't even use wide receivers. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Uh, next up, uh, the dean of the tight end university himself, Travis Kelsey, uh, who's on my team scoring 116 points, not really separating himself from the pack like usual, but he's kind of having a down year and still the tight end one, which kind of tells you all you need to know about Travis Kelsey of how great of a player he is. Yeah, just a monster. The flex also on Marcus's team, this guy who has, I feel like, taken a step into the elite and possibly, me and Andrew were talking about this, possibly might be in the discussion for one of those top, like, three picks next year five picks maybe and that's joe joe mixon on marcus's team who has 189.6 points he uh, is third at the position at running back and uh with that high powered since the offense he is just like just producing every week and i know marcus uh, knows that from firsthand experience he's a monster I, I told Andrew uh, last week, I feel like I'm a Bengals fan because I, I catch myself watching their games all the time. Yep. <laughs> By the way, Andrew, I have your uh, your jersey. So whenever you're you're ready, I have your jersey. Nice. Uh, your um, Terry, T-Mac, Terry McLaurin. T-Mac. Um, next up we have for defense is the the Patriots for Marcus Escobar's team. Uh, I've When I was playing in college, we played on a team where – our defense outscored our offense and it was a we were a good team but we just couldn't get anything going offensively but we had a very strong defense which you kind of took pride in so marcus you have a very terrible team but you can take pride in your defense it's always nice to have there always nice i mean i feel like this is a little tangent but why do every year when we when people draft defenses why are people not taking the patriots first overall have we not learned like every year it doesn't matter like they're always yeah. they're always a top five defense with Belichick, for real. They're always know, people, so people good. Making everything so early too. Between kickers and defense, it's just the hardest uh, thing to guess, really. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of the Patriots again, now the kicker rounding out this seventy five percent team that is Nick Folk of the Patriots. Fermina, one hundred and thirty three point zero points. He has been just. Automatic. I think he had four field goals this week, a couple of them from 50, like with Mac Jones at quarterback, that offense is so just like dink and dunk and run the ball and they'll randomly get an explosive play. But for the most part, like the Patriots are not afraid to just end every drive in a field goal. <laughs> and Nick Folk has just been a monster for Mina. Yeah. Yeah. Way to go, Nikki. Yeah. Job. So that's our 75% team guys. You guys have five more weeks to round up some stats. Um, I know Debo Samuel is going to probably drop a little on this list maybe with two weeks out, but hopefully everybody else that's healthy. What's crazy is Derek Henry is currently still RB4, and he hasn't played in like three weeks. (laughs) (laughs) That's how far ahead he was. That's hilarious. The next thing we're going to do is um, I put together a couple names of this do not draft next year team. There are finally some players that I've seen enough of. And I'm like, I don't give a damn. I'm not drafting them this year. And again, um, Marcus will probably throw out some other names and stuff. And we can debate about these, but these are just some people that I'm like, either I think their NFL careers are ending or I just, I no longer want to even risk drafting them where they will possibly be drafted and stuff. So uh, we'll go through these ones. The first name I have on here, we'll go, obviously I created kind of a roster. So we got quarterback, running backs, wide receivers, tight end, flex defense and kicker start off the quarterback Marcus the person that I next year do not care where he's at I'm not going to take him even though you just uh, had a decent week with him I'm done with Ben Roethlisberger I think he's cooked I think he's done and uh, I think he just needs to retire 
Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I feel like the Steelers aren't the Steelers they used to be. So even if Ben was doing was pretty healthy, I think they're still he's still not doing what he was once was, of course. Um they're just they're not the they're not the old Steelers. Nope. So it's frustrating too, man. And possibly this comes from me who has Najee Harris, and I just have to watch the Steelers never run the ball because they just want Ben to throw it like four times like really quick. And it's just yeah. infuriating. Man. Uh, <laughs> you did you have a did you have a quarterback also on this list or uh not a um not really. Uh, I mean if I could think of one off the top of my head, I'm Matt Ryan. Yeah, Ryan's kind of in that crew too. Matt Ryan, Ryan even well, Ryan Tannehill's been coming back a little bit, but we were drafting Ryan Tannehill as like a top eight, you know, type mm-hmm. of quarterback. And he's not really been doing what he's been trying, he's did last year. But uh, yeah, I think Matty Ice has fallen off too, and the the whole Atlanta organization starting to fall apart. They used to have an offense to kind of keep them alive with zero defense. Now they have zero defense and zero offense. Yeah. Do you agree with these two running backs that I got here on here? Uh, I sure do. I wanted to add a, a few running backs if I could. Go for it. So, uh, well, Chris has Saquon Barkley and Mike Davis on there. We'll get into a little more detail with them, but I was going to say the Seattle uh backfield in general that's a good one even when they're even when they're healthy you know no one's really separating themselves or doing anything we don't even know who's getting the ball this week uh russell wilson was the leading rusher with 16 yards (laughs) over alan collins who got 14 yards um yeah dj dallas returning kicks maybe that's something explosive but the seattle running backs are just it's a mess it's everything you don't want there's not a lot of volume there there's uh no true person we can choose from they're all injury prone chris carson went out for the year uh so that's something i want to stay away from next year and it's crazy because russ uh didn't pete carroll come out and say like we want to get back to running the ball and yet they don't <laughs> they don't <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're a disaster a seattle um that's a good choice i don't know why i didn't think i think i think just because subconsciously i've never drafted chris carson and i think that might be because i am uh you know, I don't really like Seahawks players, even though I I've had Russ on a team, but I just, I don't want to draft him, but it's true. It's like, he's so good, but every year, every year he's going to get hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, getting hurt specifically too. Let's transition to this next player. Like he said, I'm just out on Saquon Barkley. I don't care if he's any, any good anymore. In fact, I think he's like a shot fighter. Now when I watch him run, like he, he tries to be Barry Sanders and turn every play into a home run rather than just take like three to five yards. And he's not as explosive anymore after the multiple injuries. He's constantly getting hit in the backfield. And honestly, Devontae Booker looks like a more explosive player in that offense than he does. So uh, I wonder where he'll be next year. Probably still be a first round pick just because of his name, but I want mm-hmm. no part. I want no part of him. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't take him. Yeah. It'd be hard to take him first round just because that, I mean, I might take him second round if I'm the 16th draft pick, you know, mm-hmm. but, but <laughs> as far as, um, you just can't have a first round. You you can't, you're never going to win your league in the first round, but you could definitely lose it in the first mm-hmm. round. You know? So, uh, but yeah, way you were saying, he just doesn't look the same. I, when uh, he played Washington, Chase Young was running step for step with him. Now, granted, Chase Young's a beast, but I'm like, you're not supposed to be getting chased down by a defensive end, you know? Yeah. So everyone was saying like, oh, Chase Young's so great. I'm like, ah, Barkley looks like he doesn't have his steps anymore. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I think he's, I mean, he'll still, he'll still, and he could prove us all wrong. Like he could literally have a bounce back season next year and make me look like a fool, but he just won't be doing it on my team. <laughs> so when I draft him the third, there you go. Exactly. <laughs> the other running back obviously is Mike Davis on here. And uh, last year I put him on this because last year he teased me a little with like how maybe good he could have been when he took yeah. over for McCaffrey. He was great value McCaffrey, Mm-hmm. you know? And then this year he allowed a kick returner to absolutely steal his job and outperform me. <laughs> so uh, I'm so annoyed because I know Dan's annoyed because Dan drafted him, but I traded Dan for him when he was like, you know, I was like, it was a buy low thing. I was like, I think Mike Davis is still pretty good. Like, and Dan's pissed at him. So I'm going to make a move to try to get him thinking he'll bounce back. And even you, you, you reached out to me several times being like, trade me Mike Davis. So I feel like we both yeah. had some value in him and he is just, he just sucks. I don't know. He's just not good. Yeah, even when this t- when he does get touches, he's just like, I hope there's a hole there. If not, I'm fucking uh, 
Mark Sanchez, but, but fumbling, you know? Yeah. And Cordero Patterson has just been a freak. So he's not going to give up that job and everything. So mm-hmm. yeah, crazy. So those are our running backs that we have with some good, good candidates on there. Let's move over to the wide receivers. Um, I put these three names down. Marcus might have a couple more, but the three people that I am just completely out on and obviously, and this last, the last name on here might be a little controversial now because there's a little bit of a, a change of scenery, but we'll still see the three that I'm out. I'm out on Julio Jones. He's, he's one of the goat receivers of our generation. I'm just out on him. He's always hurt now. The other one I'm out on, and I think Mina and Brandon can attest to this, Kenny Galladay. Man, was so good for like that one to two year stretch in Detroit. And uh, since then, he's just always injured and uh, he's just not that good anymore. And the third one is Odell Beckham. I'm a little biased, but I just, I think he just is, he's poison in the locker room. And yes, he's talented, but his whole like, throw me the ball to keep me in it thing, like just kind of ruins teams and he might be good, but he still has an injury prone thing. So I'm just out. And these are the three receivers that I feel like, I, I mean, I, I went into this year's draft being like, don't want any of these guys. And I almost took Galladay, but thank God Mina took him for me way in like the fifth or sixth, fifth or sixth round. Uh, any of these you agree or disagree or any other names on here? So I'll disagree with Julio. Okay. Um, Julio's, Julio's been banged up. Uh, it sucks. He, he's always played through injuries. Mm-hmm. And so we, we wanted to see more of that through with him this year. And, but even when he has been on the field, he's shown flashes, you know, he still has the, the big go get the ball thing. You know, there's, there's been a few plays where he has been healthy and has been in. So I still like Julio. If he's able to come back, he is getting much older. You know, when you get a receiver towards that age, you know, you never know. I mean, that age, probably not even 30 yet, mm-hmm. but uh, uh, I'd, I'd still trust Julio. Um, Kenny Galladay, I'm on board with you a little bit. Uh, that guy's way too talented to not be going and, you know, at least putting up wide receiver th- two numbers, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, OBJ, I'm 100% on board with you all the time. <laughs> I've hated OBJ. I've not hated, but his, he's he overrated. A catch. He's had one catch his entire career. <laughs> that has been just lingering there like yeah he played decent a few times with Eli he had a few checkdowns and he does okay with yards after the catch but I mean literally what has he done in the last five years like you could almost go to that without looking up any stats he probably hasn't been putting up even wide receiver three numbers the last five years you know mm-hmm. so not to mention not, not to mention like okay yeah like he might put up these stats his teams don't win. He is not like a winning type player because of his like, get me the ball mantra. Like at mm-hmm. least T.O. T.O. like was so transcendent that all the teams he was on, they won games. But all those Eli Manning teams, uh, all these Browns teams, and now we're going to see it on the Rams. And since he's been there, oh, guess what? The Rams are 0-3 since he's been there. Like uh, he just doesn't, answer. I don't know. He's not a winner and I don't want him on my team. Even if that has nothing to do with fantasy. <laughs> being, being a winner is an attribute and people don't believe that. Mm-hmm. So is what, was there any other like receiver name that you thought of? Um, I had one in my head and then I completely lost it. No worries. If it comes back to you, you can bring it up on, on the next okay. one. Go give us the, the tight end. And if you disagree with those one or think of a better one, uh, tight end was kind of hard for me, but this is just a, a name that I wrote down that I'm like, this is a guy that we always, I feel like rate as a top 10. And maybe it's because tight ends a really shallow position, but I feel like this guy's always a bust. <laughs> no. Yeah, de- definitely. Uh, Evan Ingram at the tight end. He's um, I think a lot of people see him as a, a bust because he's so he's a freak. He's a freak athlete and mm-hmm. he's just never really does anything with uh with it you know that could be who's throwing him the ball type of thing but you would expect him i mean he's he's built like kyle pitts probably bigger you know runs the same kind of speed type of thing just never really gets going ever uh, another tight end i want to throw in there which somebody i know everybody was super high on was johnny smith oh yeah and he is non-existent like he does like he's a blocker <laughs> that's what they've got him for that is a big swing and miss for me this year. I was so high on him and I didn't take him in the league, but there's so many other drafts that I drafted John thinking like, Oh my God, he's Belichick's going to use him like a Swiss army knife. And I was completely fucking wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tight end is just, I mean, it's a wasteland. We all know that if you don't get some of those top guys, um, although some of these rookies now are starting to play good, like Pitts and Friermuth are, are doing good. So maybe we'll start to get like a little bit deeper, uh, depth in the years to come at this position yeah definitely 
Um, the next one I have flex. This was tough. Obviously there's so that encompasses basically all the positions I went through. There's so many players that like I could have included that I'm like, yeah, they were injured or they're not having as good of years and stuff. And no one that I really would be like, I wouldn't draft them next year just because they're having a down year, but this is a player and maybe it's just, I'm spotlighting it because he did have a horrible game this week. And uh, maybe it's because this team is regretting taking this person one pick before another player in the NFL draft. And that is a uh, Jalen Rager of the Philadelphia Eagles who uh, dropped two key touchdowns on the final drive of the game for the Eagles that could have beat the giants. He has been a, a complete bust basically for two years for the um, Eagles. And now he's only been in the league for two years and who knows next year he could ex exact explode, but uh, it kind of looks bad when you were taking one pick for Justin Jefferson. <laughs> yeah uh, i mean stone hands i i they they put up a stat the other day of how many drops he's had and it's in the almost in the teens 20s you know as a professional uh nfl receiver you don't really want that many drops on your resume um flex flex wise i was gonna jump into um cmc yeah uh, i love him love the guy Freaking super explosive. The offense runs through him, literally. We've seen what the offense does without him. Um, but he is uh he's officially declared injury prone. Yeah. I think he's only he's only played what maybe uh five to six games the last two years. What position in the draft would you feel comfortable taking him next year? Like if you're a top five pick, are you Nope. gonna risk it nope there's probably better ones right there's like if, jonathan taylor eckler henry like Mixon. there's it. like there's some other player there w what what spot would be the one where you're like okay i'll take cmc um i i really don't know i kind of almost put him i put him and saquon barkley in the same boat of a uh a, a teens type of pick you know if i'm like the 14 15 pick mm -hmm. and, but but at the same time it's like I, I took Joe Mixon in a lot of my in a lot of my other leagues. I have him everywhere because I knew he was uh, volume, you know, one hundred percent volume, and he really has. I mean, he's been banged up a little bit, but never really been injury prone. And I just you can lose your your first your you can lose it in the first round, you know. Yeah. And CMC is one ankle roll away from a three week IR, you know. Yeah, that, and especially with it being two weeks in a two years in a row, which is just frustrating. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Brutal. Yeah. I think he deserves to be on the list. Uh, again, this, he'll be a first round. He will guarantee be a first round pick next year, but it's like, are there other players that you feel more comfortable with? Yep. Yep. Um, and then the last two of our do not draft. These were super hard to fill again, the defense and the kicker, because these are just so random every year we have a new top like defense and a top kicker. Um, but these two that I put on here were kind of just, I feel like, specifically the defense. I put the chargers on here mainly that's because I feel like we do have a lot of chargers fans in our league that overvalue this defense. This defense mm -hmm. sucks aside from like the big names on it, like Bosa and um, who else? Ingram. Um, Ingram. No, Ingram's not even there anymore. Uh, he's, he's, not, he's, on, right. he's on Pittsburgh, I think now um, or somewhere else, but uh, they have Murray, Kenneth Murray. You have Asante Samuel, the rookie, but like, you guys can't stop the run. You give up. I swear to God, every Charger game I watch, you guys give up 30 plus points. I don't know what you guys need to do to change that. Uh, maybe get a new DC, but it's like, thank God you have Herbert Neckler to allow you to play in these shootouts. But like, I, I just think the Chargers defense is just trash and we, and it'll continue to be drafted early because we have Chargers homers in our league. Mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. we could throw Dallas in there too. Cause we also have some Dallas homers. Yeah. And I think everyone just got so crazy about Trayvon Diggs, but I'm just like, dude, you guys are still like, he gives up so much, uh, um, so much yardage, you know, a lot of people are mm -hmm. throwing their picks. I mean, I think I picked on him last week, so I don't want to be doing that, but, um, I just think Dallas isn't as complete of a team as everybody thinks they are, you know, good offense, but I just don't think the, the defense is going to be able to get us. Like if, if someone's driving, you know, they're on their own 40 and I need to stop to make sure they don't get to within field goal range. I'm not picking the Dallas Cowboys to get that stop, you know? And you know, you know, after this season of them being like, they've been in like a top 10 fantasy defense because of all those, like, like you said, like the, they'll, they'll risk giving up a touchdown to try to get a pick or a big play. 
So guaranteed mm-hmm. next year, someone's going to take the Cowboys as like a top five defense and they will disappoint. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, and then the last one is the kicker. Uh, you want to finish this one off? This guy just misses so many damn kickers. He's been around forever, but I think he has like six or seven missed field goals this year. Yeah, I don't I don't think we're going to be able to uh, draft this guy next year anyways because he's probably going to be retired, and that's Mason Crosby. Mm-hmm. Uh, love the guy. Has a bar right there outside of Lambeau, but um, he's just – he's missing everything at this point. You know, your bones get cold. Your bones hurt when you get cold. I mean, getting older, I'm starting to feel it. Um, and Lambeau is probably the coldest place to play. I just don't think uh, – Anybody wants to stand with Mason Crosby? I'm going to throw one more on here, Chris, if I can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's my kicker, Ryan Suckup. Oh. <laughs> I'm over here, and I want to tie my kicker to a high-powered offense, you know, all the time. That's what that's what you want. You want high-powered offenses, even if you get three extra points, whatever. You didn't get zero. Mm-hmm. But it's just frustrating because I'm like, okay, they're not kicking field goals. They're going for it. And they're also just getting extra points. So he's averaging like four or five points a game which isn't terrible, but I'm like, dude, you're on the most high-powered offense game. I think you see an average of eight to ten points out of you, and I don't want to drop him and go get somebody else because then I'm like, all right, drop him, go get somebody else. All of a sudden, he goes 15. Yep. You know? (laughs) That is frustrating to have a guy because, like you said, you get points. You're going to get points for the extra points, but it's like sometimes you'd rather have those middle-of-the-tier offenses where the kicker's going to almost every drive – get like 40 to 50 yarders and okay if he misses like if he, even if like a kicker gets two shots from 50 and your guy kicks four extra points and like he it, all he has to do is hit one of those 50 yarders to have a better day than your extra point guy exactly yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's such a crazy position because if you get it right man there's such good weapons like mina like having folk good god folks getting like 10 to 20 points a week it's a cheat yeah. code if you get the right kicker. Yeah. So this mm-hmm. is a, this is our do not draft uh, team for next year. Obviously we'll probably uh, still draft, draft, some, <laughs> draft some of these people, but for the moment right now in December, I'm like, I'm out, I'm out on all of you guys. That's going to be my entire team next year. Yep. <laughs> so that's going to be the roster. Um, I also wanted to update guys our in season bets. Um, again, there could be more of these, but from what I wrote down at the draft, these were two big bets that were laid down both including Alex um, and Cameron and Shane also involved. And I want to give a status update with a couple weeks ago, Cam and Alex made a bet that this quarterback would have more fantasy points than the other Alex bet on Lamar Jackson and Cameron bet on Patrick Mahomes. They bet a hundred dollars currently right now. Patrick Mahomes has about eight more fantasy points than Lamar Jackson, 229.8 to 221.18. So it's going to come down to these final two weeks on who has a better uh, end of the season to win that bet. The other bet is Alex and Shane bet 50 bucks. Either of them would have the better fantasy record this year. They're both sitting at seven, five with huge games this week. Alex playing myself, Shane playing Mina and uh, whoever has a better record wins 50 bucks. So uh, if you guys have any other outstanding wagers against people, let me know. I like, I'll give them shout outs on the pod, but those are two that I, I have been tracking all season. Cause they, uh, they put it in my book <laughs> at, at the draft. Now, now I have more stuff to put on Marcus Mondays in the morning. Ding. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I love those. I, cause I, I get up early naturally for school and like, you've been posting them at like six in the morning. I'm like, Oh, amazing. <laughs> I can read them while I want to make coffee. Dude, I, I, I wake I wake up like I wake up at like 530 and before I even do anything I just start typing that's <laughs> <laughs> so awesome man um let's give our survivor series and Barker Bowl shout outs and again this is going to go to the same person this week um our survivor series eliminator sadly and I know Marcus is very sad at this I know Andrew Keogh finally tastes defeat he scored 83.7 he was the highest scoring team to be eliminated this season but just fell short. Uh, Cameron had about like six more points. Lockett had a better game than Carter. Um, I was kind of like at the end of our fantasy match, I needed like um, McLaurin to score to feel comfortable, but Andrew's sitting next to me and I was kind of like also rooting for maybe Carter to get in the end zone. Uh, So he could have got him. (laughs) Carter got like the most touches this, his, uh, this season too, that he's had. I was so Mm -hmm. excited rooting for him. Uh, and he was returning puns too. I was like, Andrew, all you need is this guy to take one to the house. 
He almost did too. He got clipped on one. He got clipped like one. His leg got clipped one time, and he was like ready to go. Oh yeah. So poor Andrew, man. He gets defeated. And uh, our final four now are the four teams with the best records. It's kind of fitting. Yourself, Anthony, uh, Brandon, and Cameron. The final four uh, for the Survivor Series. It's exciting. Um, the Barker Bowl shout out it also goes to Andrew Keogh, who had a huge week in the Barker Bowl. Um, he scored 199.02, absolutely destroyed Shane in their matchup. Um, so he's, uh, I think, in second place in the animation division. Marcus, I know you are sitting right now in fifth place in comedy, and you are like right there on the razor's edge trying to get that, that playoff spot for the championship. I'm clawing. I'm trying my best. I'm setting my lineups every week. Once Henry went out, I'm just like, man, this just, it's going to be tough. Uh, it, it, this ended up being really more competitive than I thought it was going to be. Cause I'm going on the waiver wire trying to fix, uh, find little like, uh, people that people aren't really thinking of and everyone's gone. And I'm just like, all right, well, <laughs> hopefully my team can get me there. Yeah. The charity bowl leagues have been really competitive every week. When I see the waiver wire, people have been putting their, cause most of these people have never done fab. All of us pretty much have done it. So these are all like newbies to fab and right. uh, they've been pretty savvy with their moves across the leagues and stuff. Um, I wanted to give a shout out to the nine teams or, or the, uh, sorry, the seven teams that have clinched playoff spots in the action division. It's all completely clinched right now. My friend, Jesse from South Dakota has clinched Sherman. Your proxy has clinched. Hayden Purdue has clinched, and my buddy who I played college football with, Mario, has clinched in the action division. Comedy, your buddy Sean um, from the East Coast has clinched, yeah. and Brandon has clinched. And I know you are going to be in a dogfight with uh, your other buddy, Atreyu. Uh, you and him are jockeying for that final playoff spot there. Man. Yeah. And, uh, and then, obviously, in animation, our first person to clinch was Matt Cow. Still three spots there. And the horror division, no one has clinched. There are there are eight teams with either six or six or seven and five records in horror. <laughs> it is it's gonna literally come down to the final week to just see who decides in horror. It's I'm gonna start having to put that in the Marcus in the morning. I know, Jesus. So <laughs> excited for the Barker Bowl. Two more weeks to that, and we'll have our uh, playoffs. And I'm excited to see how the playoffs work. I mean, a, a free for all kind of just scores, highest scores advancing. That's gonna be exciting to see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Let's give out these weekly awards now and we'll wrap this up. This is honestly, I mean, I'm speaking a little too early, but Marcus, this might be maybe the best podcast of the season. I feel like we've crushed it. So this far, let's hopefully not let, I, it, let it down here at the, at the home stretch. I, I think so too. I think it's going to be one of those podcasts. You're like, damn, I'm glad I did that instead exactly. of not doing it. Like we, we were going to, <laughs> we said we were going to do maybe 20 minutes and I feel like we've done an hour already. <laughs> yeah. It's over an hour. All right. Uh, you want to give out the first award for MVP? Yeah, I'll give out the MVP to uh, my good buddy, John, my friend and yours, Jonathan Peterson, for uh, good old Lenny Fournette putting up 37.1 points with 131 yards and four TDs going off in uh, your, your for your team and bringing you to a win, keeping you out of that Sacco Bowl huge i mean fournette did everything for the bucks in that game my uncle was so pissed my uncle's a big tom brady fan and all he wanted to see was tom brady throw touchdowns and every time fournette would score he'd get so mad and i'm like but the bucks are winning he's like i don't care i want to see tom brady throw a touchdown i want to see tom <laughs> yeah that's hats funny. off. so hats off john got the win right you're literally you're close you're close to being safe mm-hmm uh, Beast Mode Award, this goes to Brandon Morales. Holy hell, Brandon, you just absolutely destroyed poor Andrew this week. And uh, you scored 150.72 points. That right there is the most points scored this season. You passed Marcus from last week and then Anthony earlier in the year who were in the 140s. Congratulations, Brandon, on your huge week. Um, you sadly did not clinch your division, so you got a big game this week um, against dan i believe to uh, possibly clinch so uh hats off to you beast mode brandon uh fatality flawless victory goes to brandon over andrew with the 67.02 point differential which i feel like that's uh one of those records too there chris no of uh, of um this year it's definitely the highest uh this year and it's about like 20 away from the all-time <laughs> yeah yeah. So 
And that's it's not even like Andrew didn't score a lot of points, still put up a decent points of 83. So uh, shout out to you, Brandon. Uh, your team went off. Off. Now imagine if Brandon had played this other guy who's getting the participation award, he would have <laughs> set the record as Alex gets our participation award, scoring 51.5 points this week. Alex in a little bit of a free fall as he's lost to, Al- uh, lost to Kyle this week. And uh, now sitting... Uh, you know, with two weeks ago, he's got a game on a couple of these teams, but uh, he plays me this week and then he gets Cameron. So he's got a tough final two. Um, hopefully you're able to bounce back. Not really. Cause you're playing me, Alex, but uh, <laughs> here's a participation award for you this week. Alex went from looking forward to the bye to saying bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> Oh, man. So our game of the week came down to uh, Monday Night Football uh, with Chris over Cameron. Chris winning, uh, we all know, at 97 and a half points versus Cameron's 89. But it got scary there for a second because he just needed uh, Cameron needed Lockett to outscore uh, McLaurin by 13 points. And Lockett got out to a hot start and it got really scary. And McLaurin wasn't exactly himself. Uh, but uh after all was said and done, uh, Chris came in with the win, 97 and a half. And go ahead and tell him your story about the, the swing. We were talking, we were texting it. Oh my God. We were texting towards the end of the game. I was freaking out. I was getting so mad because you got your guys' offense was, I, what'd you guys do? Like four or five straight three and outs. I was yeah. lo- losing my mind because I'm like, you keep giving the ball back to Russ. He's eventually going to do something. And uh, that final touchdown that the Seahawks scored to uh, potentially tie the game with a two point. I see the guy crossing the middle of the field and I see a single digit one on the left side of his Jersey. And I see the lower circle of what I think is a six. And I immediately about throw my phone thinking Tyler Lockett just caught the potential tying touchdown. And I just lost some fantasy only to see Freddie Swain turn a little bit and see that it's an eight and not a six. And I take a huge deep breath. Thank God Freddie Swain (laughs) caught that ball and not Tyler Lockett right oh my god they look all alike right. they're little and they're shifty and i thought it was him i thought it was too for sure mm-hmm. um honorable mention between uh me and mina uh went into monday night feeling pretty comfortable but then uh, all of a sudden like we talked about earlier gerald everett was starting to catch everything thrown his way and i was like ah, oh, this is getting a little too close for comfort but uh able to hold it off so yeah. sorry mina you had a big lead, and then it kind of like, like you said, like it got a lot closer. But you two potential playoff teams, you guys both scored. Mina almost got into 100. You got continue to score 100. That was a good matchup. Mm-hmm. I want to just let Cameron know and everyone else know Cameron is nine and three this year, everybody, but I've beaten him twice. Twice. <laughs> Cam, you've lost to supposedly the worst team in your division twice. You suck. <laughs> <laughs> straight up tell him that uh, uh sorry i'm just checking to see if uh practice we're still good cool cool <laughs> we're, we're almost there we're almost at the end we're close almost. we'll wrap this thing up sir um we have our favorite award you know the rules and so do i I'm never gonna give never gonna give you up rick astley this was super tough i look across the league not a lot of screw-ups except for really one but it didn't end up costing him the matchup because no one on his bench uh would have ended up scoring more but that goes to cameron anderson obviously first because cameron left cd lamb in his lineup on thanksgiving when early in the morning it was announced that cd was not going to play cameron got caught up with family um shame on you for not checking your uh roster on turkey day when you know there's three football games cameron but you're lucky you even if you would have played um i think cole Komet on your bench it would have been really a lot closer, but you would have ended up losing, I think, only by two instead of like the seven, which uh, it would have been a lot more stressful going down the line had you done that. But thank you for not doing that. And uh, shame on you. Uh, we know you're never going to give up, though. Uh, and we had one other person, too. I'll let you talk on the other person that I kind of co-Rick Astley. Oh, um, so the co-Rick Astley was uh, Gabe, who left Mac Jones and McKissick on his bench, who both went off. And he would have had a chance to beat Shane had they been in his lineup, but he just, I mean, that happens to the best of us, man. You can't, you uh, start someone and then somebody else goes off, but sorry, Gabe, you're also getting the never going to give you up, never going (laughs) to let you down award. (laughs) 
Love it. Um, and and you're playing Gabe this week, right? Yes. Ooh, big match. Well, I did want to say for Cameron though, the fantasy football gods don't do too well to people that leave people in that aren't playing. So might want to be wary of that. This is very true. This is very true. Oh my God. Those are all our awards for week 12. Congratulations, everyone. Let's preview week 13. Holy crap. We only have two weeks to go. I can't believe this fantasy season is coming down to the line like this. I was just telling Marcus, I think a week or two ago, what did we say? We were like, I think the playoffs are going to be wrapped up by like week 12 or 13, because you guys had just had such a big lead over the other part of the league. I'm like, there's gonna be five spots already taken up. Little yeah. did we know. We're already now here to week 13, and we only have one team clinched. <laughs> <laughs> right? Oh, it's crazy. It's so tight. It's so close. Um, and we have some big matchups this week. Um, I wanted to highlight, obviously, these, these two matchups, I think, are almost do-or-die matchups. Uh, you have two 7-5 and five teams against two 6-6 six and six teams. And I think whoever wins these matchups might make the playoffs. And that is Alex against myself and then you have shane seven and five sitting against mina who you just played last week this this is these are huge weeks now if myself and mina can pull off the upset then obviously we same records go to the final week there's still a couple other people in there but if alex and shane are able to win i feel like they've almost it's a done deal for both of them yeah i I think you're right i think at this point for both of them for all four teams this is a playoff mode it's it's win or go home at this point. So you guys just have two extra rounds of playoffs pretty much. Yep. <laughs> it's crazy. And you have obviously a big one. You can, if you win, you can clinch community just with a win. You also yep. can clinch community if Shane ends up losing to Mina. And, uh, and you obviously still has, have the buy to play with you and Cameron sitting there with the uh, same record. Yeah, so definitely still have something to play for. It's still fun because I want to get that buy. We talked about it last week that if you get the buy, you're almost guaranteed into the championship. So uh, definitely going hard at that. Um, uh, I'm excited to uh, hopefully win the division because I like making my own division theme. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> And you have the Survivor Series, so you want to keep putting up points. Right? Yep. Um, let me get down here. I'm gonna have to let you go, Chris. My daughter's practice just ended. No problem. We let you wrap it up the rest of the way. We made it to the end. Congratulations, my friend. Thank you for recording this with me. And uh, I'll wrap this thing up for us. But thanks for recording with me, man. Man. All right. Okay. Cool. You guys stay classy. Stay classy. <laughs> Perfect timing, honestly, for Marcus to step away because I'm just gonna read these last little notes that I have, and then we're gonna end this episode right here. Obviously, I lift out the matchups of the week. There are still a lot of other teams that have huge matchups this week, including um, including Kyle, who's still in contention. He plays Cameron if he gets a big win. You also have Mike. Mike plays um, Andrew. Mike still has a shot at the division, so he has a big week. Hayden and Gabe, you guys are literally on the razor's edge. You need Shane and Alex to both lose, and you both need to win to create this crazy scenario of week uh, 14. So you guys got to win. A loss eliminates the both of you. So got to win for both of you. And um, obviously, Anthony can clinch the bye week with a win this week. And if Marcus and Cameron lose, he will become our first bye week clincher. I already told you Marcus can clinch community. Cameron, if he beats Gabe, can clinch WWE. He can also clinch if I beat Alex. So we have some divisions that could be clinched this week. Again, Brandon, the last division, can clinch King of the Hill too with a win or a Mike loss. So Cameron or Brandon, sorry, will want to win. And he'll also be rooting for Andrew this week. Lastly, to end this episode, our Sacco update. Who John got a huge win over Hayden this week. A breath of fresh air. You're almost safe, my friend. It still could come down to the final week, but right now you are no longer in the driver's seat. That is Marcus Escobar. Marcus Escobar, two and 10. He can clinch the sacco this week if he loses and if John and Andrew both win. He clinches sacco. If John and Andrew do not win and Esco loses or wins, there's still a situation where the sacco can be decided in week 14 between the three of them. Dan is still also a candidate. If Esco wins and Dan loses, 
there's still a possibility that Dan could get involved. So that's our psycho thing. I'm going to wrap this episode up here right now. Thank you guys so much for coming. Marcus had to dip out early a little bit for get his daughter, but we had a great episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Crazy episode. I'm I'm about to take my pain pill uh, right after this, but I hope you guys enjoyed it. Week 13, huge week. Peace out, everybody. Love you guys. Have a great December. Peace out. <laughs>